What's up, everyone? This is Chris Weidman. Today on the MMA SiriusXM podcast, I'm joined by my friend and UFC Hall of Famer, Daniel Cormier, to talk wrestling, expectations for John Jones at heavyweight, and we recap what we saw in the MMA world this year. Plus, is John Jones overrated or underrated? Take a listen. Daniel Cormier! What's going on? What do you have to say? Go ahead. He already has problems. That song, was that specifically for me coming on the show? Or uh, no, you just stole that. I, I just felt like that song wait, was very inspiring for me. Wait, it wait inspires wait, me. Wait, bro. Yes, it's for you. That's wait, this is serious okay. XM, bro. We're big time. Yes, you're big time because I because I just thought I would hurt. Won't back down. Yeah, no lie. Won't back down. I like how you how know my world, song though. Yo, how in the world did we two? Let's call it, for lack of a better word, two idiots have two of the best walkout songs ever. Like, because we both got a all good walk walk songs. <laughs> I think it's because we're so dumb that we'll listen to other people. <laughs> we'll listen to other people and we'll take their suggestions and we'll be like, all right, that makes sense. I'm in. I like that. One. That feels good. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it feels like, oh my, these guys actually got it right on the walkout songs. But that was my that was my wife's thirteen year old cousin was like, you should listen to this song. And I was like, okay. And I liked it. I started using it in Strike Force, and all of a sudden it just stuck. Bro, Great. it's hysterical. One of my good friends, George Javian, he recommended Won't Back Down for me. And I was just like, before I was fighting Silva, I'm like, you know what? I, let me actually listen to these lyrics real fast. And I was like, I like it. Good call. And that was it. Was it was the best. It's a so 13-year-old girl, a 13-year-old girl that would listen to One Republic all the time, she heard that song from Lil Wayne and was like, oh, I like this. It's very catchy. Let me tell Daniel he should walk out to it. And that's all I got my walk out to We're just dumb enough, but also smart enough <laughs> to be open-minded to listen to other people. These smart people, they don't listen to people. No, they they're don't. not they're, good they're, at learning. They're idiots. They're idiots. Speak, speaking of learning, what you've done with the Gilroy wrestling team, before we get into the mixed martial arts, let's, let's talk yeah, about what really matters. Yeah. You yeah. took a, a public school in the, middle, in the middle of California, in the middle of nowhere, Gilroy, and, you, and now they're a top 10 team in the country right now. That's kind of unprecedented. How did this happen? How did you do this? So my neighbor, before I moved, his son was a junior in high school. He's like, the coach was leaving. He asked me, I would like to coach. So I started coaching. I had my youth program for a long time. But um, I started coaching a team, and all these kids just kept learning. And now all the kids that were in, like, fifth, sixth grade when I started coaching, they're all in high school now. I have no voice because I had wrestling tournaments all weekend. Yeah. I uh, I saw <clears> you. I saw. I saw you guys traveling to the airport together. Yeah. So we had the Reno Tournament of Champions on Friday and Saturday in Reno, and then on Sunday morning, I flew to Arizona to coach my youth club at the PNL. The PNL is a, a a league that we all started, like eight of the top clubs in the country. Me, Ben Askren, Jared Lawrence. Eric Larkin, Izzy, Izzy Martinez, David Taylor. Uh, we all started this youth league. And so we had our second event yesterday. So I've been screaming for three straight days. My voice is done. How'd the, how'd the boys do? So at Reno, we got fourth uh, as a team, but we were missing five starters. So we get our starters in there right in the mix to win it. Are they uh, sick or what's going on with them? We had a couple that are sick, a couple that had like, we had a couple surgeries, 
that kids are recovering from, they'll all be back in the second semester. So when we're at full strength, we're going to be really tough. And then my youth team, we, uh, we had, uh, it's such a hard tournament, Chris, that we were 32 wins, 22 losses. So we had like a 54 win percent and we're the third highest win percent in the entire tournament. That's how yeah. hard the tournament is. Wow. We only won 55% of our matches and we had the third highest winning percentage. You know who had the first? David Taylor, because his team somehow was like 75% win percentage. But it's also, he's in the heart of Pennsylvania. He's taking, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. taking, yeah, yeah. He's taking kids that grew up wrestling their whole lives. Their dads grew up wrestling their whole lives. And I feel it's a little bit of an unfair advantage, I think. <laughs> what did you, what would you, what kind of advice would you give to all these coaches out there who are running wrestling clinics? Like what, what did you do to get this team so good so quick? Just commitment, commitment, you know, just working with those guys and, and, and working with the kids consistently. And as they age, they just do everything that you taught them. And it becomes like second nature. And once it becomes second nature, it, it gets pretty easy to coach, right? You're still coaching, but it's kind of easy. I'm in trouble right now with the league. I'm in trouble with PNL, my PNL league right now, because I got into it with an official. We're trying to build a league where you don't yell at the officials. And I got into a pretty bad one official. I got fined. I got the first official fine in PNL. Are you serious? I swear to God, bro. What happened? Talk to me about it. Can I cuss? Uh, yes. Yeah, go ahead. So <clears throat> we want to build a league where you don't have the officials getting screamed at. So yesterday, one of my kids is wrestling and his dad is in the corner with me. The dad starts to yell at the official. The official takes offense to it because when he says something to the dad, the dad says something back. So then he starts to usher the guy off the mat, right? Which is fine. It's a two zero match. There's no consequence in the match. And uh, he's telling the dad into the stand, but he's like kind of escorting him out. So finally I go over and I go, Hey man, just get off the mat. Right? Like, Guy doesn't want you here. I'm with the official at this point. The other official goes, he doesn't have to get in the stand, just have him off the mat. So he goes and he stands off to the side. We get back to wrestling. It's 2-0. The kids are wrestling in the second period. My kid's on top. The other kid's kind of just laying there, like stalling. Not a big deal. I go, that's stalling. Not a big deal. Not evident that the guy is emotional because the dad pissed him off. Third period, they're wrestling more. And he's officiating almost against the kid. But the kid's been wrestling for a long time. The kid knows that when the you know, like, say you're on a high crotch, Chris, and I shove your head across, I sit the corner, and I hook your ankle, and I'm supposed to be two. Well, he does that in a reversal situation, but then he also goes between the leg, catches the ball, and chain. He knows, right, this is his best move. He knows he gets two, and then usually it leads to more scores. But at worst case, it's a tied match. The ref calls stalemate. So then the kid uh. says something. The kid said something. Like, he was like, what? And so the ref goes, penalty, one. Unsportsmanlike conduct. So I told him, I said, I said, you're officiating against a kid now because you're mad at his dad. Yeah. And so I told my kid to get off the mat. I said, you're not going to get treated like this. And so I got in trouble from the guys because the referee goes, unsportsmanlike. Wait, wait. The, the, match, the match was over and you told him to get off no, the mat? No, it wasn't over. It, it was still over. going. You were yeah, pulling said, him off the match. I said, he is not, he, my kids will not get mistreated because an official, an adult, is pissed off. That's not fair. Yeah. You don't do that. So the ref goes, what sports were like? Coach, I said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where my opinion. I think that is where my fine came from. 
That I go, bro. You, I said that's ridiculous. I go, you're like, you can't allow for his dad to make you mad, and he start doing this to the kid. Yeah. Like, that's not right. So I now agree. they're like, yeah. So now I'm like, uh, I'm a little, I'm in a little bit hot water with the league right now. Oh no, they might throw you yeah. out. Are they, they're not comfortable with you being there anymore. I keep trying to leave. <laughs> you keep like, trying to leave. You want out? I'm like, yo, I'll, because bro, like, I don't want to. I don't because I just don't want to be in one where there's no consequence for officials having that type of behavior. Yeah, I get it. They want to build an environment where it's safe, but no person in a position like that can operate without any consequence. Otherwise, yeah. they they just start messing up and doing other things. So. I'm not doing that. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 1. 56. This is a perfect segue. I could stay and talk about this the whole time, but let's segue into MMA and segue into the UFC judges because the judges have been under a lot of heat and I would love to get your take on it from last week and even this week. I don't know if it was as, you know, um, I I I don't think it was that bad. Did you watch this weekend or no? I didn't, I didn't get okay. to watch this week. That we can talk about Patty. Let's talk about the Patty, you know, judges during that fight card and, you know, and what your thoughts are on the judges. And they, they have no consequences That's for, the from what I know. So what, what's your thoughts on what's going on in the judges well, in just, martial arts? And it continues to get worse. It just gets worse because there is no consequence for messing up. It's like there's got to be consequences. And the beauty in the wrestling is that we, we have the league. I'm doing an interview. I'm almost done. Look, hey, Chris. She, Selena? She, Tell Selena I love her. I'm getting yelled at right now. Yeah, it's just, this is just real. Five this, more is, minutes. this is how it doesn't matter. You could be a multiple time champion. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, Wives yeah. own us. They own us. They all but own us all. You, you have to hold them accountable for the things that they do. It's just that it's that it's that truthful because it just continues to get worse and worse and worse. And that's what's going to happen. And I think that I don't know if the one with Pimblet was as egregious as people are making it. I thought he lost the fight, but it wasn't like um, it. It I don't know if it is because of who he is, why it feels like there's an uproar about it. Yeah, I, well, I feel like he go both both ways on that one. You know, some people might think there's more light with that because of who Patty is, or also yeah. the reason why he got the decision is because of who he is. Who he is, you know, yes, so for sure. You know, it's a kind of decide. You know, you, you go either direction on that. I thought he lost that fight. I thought it was. I did thirty twenty seven. I could have gave twenty nine twenty eight maybe, but um, I thought he definitely lost the fight. But the biggest thing was Doug Crosby. Everyone's been talking about him. Yeah, you, you said his name. I said his name, bro. You, you. I'm braver now because of being with you. I went on your show on your YouTube channel, Daniel Cormier on YouTube, and uh, and after being with you, you mentioned his name, and you are you're still alive right now. Like you haven't been killed. Like I'm now I feel a little bit braver. I could jump on and say his name, but the guy has at the end of the day, this is the deal. Like he has relationships with a lot of fighters because he's a stunt coordinator in Hollywood. If you're nice to him, he's going to probably hook you up with a role inside of Hollywood. And so you get money. Um, if you, if for some reason you cross him in any way, he hates you. He hates your team. Like he, he has some serious beef with my coach Ray Longo. 
it's pretty documented at this point. It's not the only, you know, I'm not the first person saying it. He, there was a girl in our gym who had an order of protection against him, who was a yeah, doctor you're, you're, in the commission. You're, like going, you're, you're scared <laughs> for me right now. But this is all, this, you know, this, listen, at the end of the day, the, the people need to know this. You can have judges out there that have connections, whether they're good or bad, with the fighters and the teams, and they're not mm -hmm. disclosing it. If you have any type of connection, like um, uh, Ricardo Almeida, he's a judge. He's not going to be judging guys, any anybody affiliated with the Henzo Gracie team, right? Because yeah, for sure, where he comes from, and that's the right thing to do. You just have to disclose it. There's a lot of these judges that aren't doing that, and he's just you know the main example, and the spotlight's on him right now. Yeah, but that, but again, there's just no consequence in in judging because a, a, a judge or they will officiate something and then it's just on to the next thing right because they live in that moment that they just finished whereas there's a lasting impact on the athlete lasting impact on the wrestler or the fighter afterwards because for jared gordon regardless of what people say in the consensus he won that fight when they go back two three fights down the line they won't be going oh this dude has one less loss in his record because he won that fight it shows as a win for pimblet and that that sucks for gordon yeah I know you don't have that much time, so let's just, I want to get into some other stuff. So we closed out 2022 with this last card. We're moving to 2023. Let's get it. Everybody wants to know your thoughts on John Jones coming back. Is he coming back? How is he going to change that heavyweight division? How, how is he going to do there? I think he'll be fine. You know, the guy's a good fighter, very talented. I think he'll do well at heavyweight, but it's a matter of him making the leap, right? It feels like I've been waiting forever for him to fight in this weight class. I think the moment he makes, the actual jump into the heavyweight division, it will make for the division to be much funner. It will make the division grow. And it's already as fun as it's been in a really long time. But just some of the matchups that he could be involved in with Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gan and Curtis Blades, uh, it makes for an idea of some big time fights, but not even him. I mean, Pavlovich, after watching what he did to Kai Tuivasa into everybody recently, there's some dangerous fights for him, especially when you look back on his light heavyweight career and see that uh, and see how he struggled at times with bigger guys. So I think it'll be fun to add, but I think there's some big time matchups in there for him. And I think he'll, but I think he'll do fine. Do you think he's, would you say if you had to pick one underrated or overrated John Jones? I mean, he's considered the greatest fight of all time, even though he's filled with steroids multiple times. Like, I don't know how you could yeah. underrate anybody that, you know, if you're calling him the GOAT with all that attached to his name. So I think he's probably just where he needs to be. Okay, because you have guys like Anthony Smith, who, who he's came out on record and said, after being in there with him, he is not as good as I, that maybe as he thought he was going to be. Like, he's, he's way more beatable. Do you get that? And Dominic Reyes had a really close fight with him, and now he's been on this three-fight losing streak. That could have been his fight. After being in there with him twice, is he is he more beatable than what people think? Well, he, nobody's beating him, so yeah. it's like if you're right, like if you're if you're beatable, like people say, then why isn't anybody beating him? He's yeah. long, he's strong, he's got he's got good cardio, and he's got a lot of great qualities in there, and he's very smart in the octagon. That's that's one of the areas I think that people don't give Jones the credit that he deserves is his mentality, his fight IQ, his ability to process through a fight is better than most. And I think that is why he's had the longevity that he's had. But I think that 
people all say stuff like he's beatable, he's beatable. Well, why hasn't anybody beaten him yet yeah. in his career? Yeah. See, I don't understand why there's you know so many people who hate on you, bro. Because look, you're such a nice guy. You you have every right to just crush John Jones right now. I don't, I don't, don't, I don't like it, but it's the truth, right? You still respect. I respect my. I love. I love the sport of mixed martial arts, and I respect uh, a person that does what he's done. You can't argue what he's put on paper. But the failing of the steroid thing does that just put an asterisk on his career? Like, in, in your honest opinion, in, without absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But, but why don't people say that? Why don't you think that's something know. that you see, like, you know, journalists really come I out don't and know. say? I really don't know. I think they maybe hope, or hold on to the hope that at some point uh, they can still get the interviews and get to talk to them and still get those things that are so important to their career. Yeah. For me, it doesn't really matter. Any any big moments in 2022 that stick out to you since we ended the year, like, that you, of, that you think were the biggest, biggest of the, the year? Year the underdog. I think it was the year the underdog. So many guys unheralded. So many people that didn't have the expectation of becoming champion, they broke through from Leon Edwards to Alex Pereira to Carla Sparza becoming the champ again. Like, I feel like 2022 is the year the underdog. The person that you didn't expect to hold the goal, they, they absolutely did. And I believe that when we look back on this year, that's what we're going to point to those moments awesome yeah i agree um hey i i appreciate you doing this i know you gotta go we thank you for coming yeah. on you got your christmas christmas pictures going on here in a little <laughs> bit so i appreciate I like, you listen, making the time I, bro i was 22 three and one i'm 22 four and one now because my wife just knocked my ass out the first oh yeah 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah i hope you didn't hear it yeah Did and that's no we, we are nothing it? we are Thank nothing God. tell selena we love her and she's the best I yeah. All right, All right, brother. Chris. Have a Thank good time. Bye-bye. All right, take care. MMA on Sirius XM is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Plus, catch Won't Back Down Radio, Unlocking the Cage, and MMA Today on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 and on the SXM app. SiriusXM Podcasts.